Thanks, Jackie. I'm hoping that my PowerPoint is all ready. Fantastic. Um, So, as Jackie said, this is the first time that I've spoken to you like this in church, and I am feeling slightly terrified. So, if it's okay with you, I'd be fine if you're all under 11. So, I'm just going to pretend that you're all under 11, um, and I'm just going to imagine your primary primary age children. I might give out some house points at the end. Um, so, we've been thinking uh, since Easter about this topic of becoming like Jesus, and Dave has asked me to speak today about obedience. Now, uh, the topic of obedience, I feel, crops up quite a lot in my day-to-day life. I don't know if, if it does for you as well. Um, I think it's possibly the season of life that I'm in with three children, two of whom are teenagers, um, and also working at that wonderful uh, junior school. But teaching obedience to both my children and the children at school, and sometimes staff at school, um, is something that takes quite a lot of my time. But despite this, I don't know that I'm actually all that qualified to speak about obedience. And looking around the congregation here, um, and knowing some of you watching at home, I know many of you faithful followers of God for many, many years, and you have so much to teach me about obedience. Um, And I'm certainly on a journey myself when it comes to obedience, and today is perhaps another step on that journey. Um, But I hope that we will have the opportunity to share with each other stories of obedience and how God has been working uh, and has worked in our lives, Um, maybe through small groups. um, But I think it's really exciting when we hear stories of what Jesus is doing in our lives. So through my talk today, I want to explore a little bit of what we can learn about obedience to God through looking at Jesus' obedience when he was here on earth. And I suppose the first thing that I want to say about obedience is that it's not actually very easy to be obedient, is it? I don't know about you, but do you ever find yourself in a situation and you just want to break the rules? I don't know, maybe you're in a park and you see a pristine lawn and all you want to do is run across it. Um, A few years ago, my husband Ben, actually this picture is not of my husband Ben, that's me, um, was uh, kayaking on the Solent and he spied a little perfect bay ahead of him and he thought, oh, I think I'll kayak over to that perfect little bay. And then he realised that actually it was a perfect little bay because it was the Bay of Osborne House. And there was a lovely sign, no mooring. But, and I wouldn't say that Ben is a particular rule breaker, but he decided to go and moor up on that little bay. And so he kayaked, uh, despite the member of staff running towards him. don't know what they expected he was going to do in his kayak. But anyway, he, he kayaked onto that little bay. He grabbed a shell or something and then kayaked off again, feeling very smug. Uh, smug to have broken the rules and landed the kayak on Queen Victoria's Beach. So it is our human nature to be disobedient. And yet, as we study the Bible and as we read more and more about Jesus, we can see that obedience to God is vital if we're to follow him and live the life that he's planned for us. In fact, the author Andrew Murray says in his little book, The School of Obedience, obedience is the main principle of the Christian life. 
I think obedience to God incorporates so many principles of living a life in step with God. Love, faith, generosity, mission, forgiveness, so many things. We know that God's first request of man was that he be obedient. In Genesis 2, verse 16, there in the Garden of Eden, God tells Adam that he can eat from any fruit in that garden apart from the, tree, uh, apart from the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the tree of life, they disobeyed God, and so sin entered the world. And that sin, birthed in disobedience, is inherited by us. But, in Romans 5, verse 19, we read these words, For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many are made righteous. That one man, Jesus, was the perfect example of a life of obedience. He was obedient, and he taught us to be obedient. So what can we learn about obedience for Jesus? Well, I want to start off by reading Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. If you want to follow along, feel free. I'm reading it from the NIV version. It's also up on, on the screen. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him amongst their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why are you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Well, there were many passages that I could have referred to to look at Jesus' obedience, but I was really drawn to this one. And I just want to draw out a few things that particularly struck me. And the first one is this. Jesus' obedience came out of a relationship with his father. Yesterday I went to uh, one of the Surrey Artists Open um, Studios, and this sculpture of father and son was there in a garden in Mali. I'd really urge you to go and have a look at these places. They're amazing. But even at a young age, Jesus knows God as his father. 
Verse 49. Why are you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? We see in this passage that Jesus calls God Father. His obedience to God was a result of a loving relationship. And God wants that for us too. He wants us to learn obedience, not out of a need to control us, but because of his love for us. We believe in a God who's given us free will, and we decide whether to live in obedience to him or not. And I believe that God has designed it that way because he wants a relationship with us. As a parent, ultimately, I want my children to obey me, eventually, (laughs) not out of fear, but because, or, or because without me they can't think for themselves, but because they love me and they know that I love them. Obedience is about relationship and not control. And obedience without relationship, I believe, can make us resentful and hard-hearted. So here at the tender age of 12, Jesus is already developing that relationship with God, his Father. And we see that as his ministry develops, he places such a high priority on spending time with his heavenly Father. Jesus knew that in order to be in step with God and in order to be doing God's will, he needed to be spending time alone with God. For Jesus... The barrier to spending time with God was just the many people and the crowds that followed him. And that's why Jesus had to actively go and find lonely places. In Luke 4 verse 40, we read that at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of illnesses. And then a little further in verse 42, it says, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Jesus' example shows us that spending quality time with Father in prayer equips us for walking in obedience, whatever we're doing. And I certainly know that on the days when I wake early and in quiet spend a bit of time with God, I'm so much better equipped to walk with God throughout my day. So the second thing that I notice, that to be obedient, Jesus comes under authority. So picture an orb there. I was up at the Tower of London with uh, the family over half term and we got to see the crown jewels. I didn't take that photo because you're not allowed, but um, that, that picture of the authority of God over the world. Jesus was fully God and fully man. And even at the age of 12, when I think it would have been really natural for him to be pushing against boundaries and resisting authority, Jesus has an understanding of the need to come under authority. So firstly, Jesus comes under authority by calling God Father, and then he's obedient to his earthly parents as he goes back to Nazareth with them. So Jesus is showing us that in order to fulfill our destiny on earth and to walk in obedience to him, we need to first and foremost come under the authority of our Heavenly Father. We know that on earth Jesus had great authority himself. But as the author Andrew Watson says, the authority of Jesus' leadership was dependent on the quality of his discipleship. Before him is an invisible presence who leads and directs his every step. 
in John 5, verse 19, we read, Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. And later in John 8, verse 29, Jesus says, The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. So to come under God's authority, we need to put aside the idea that we can sort things out ourselves and in our own way. I feel we need to surrender to him and let God have his way in every aspect of our life. And that's the challenge, isn't it? This is not just about the big decisions. This is about every thought, every word, every gesture, facial expression, action. That impacts the way we talk to others, the way we spend our money, the way we spend our time, every decision. And that decision to surrender starts with repentance. I love what Eugene Peterson says about repentance. Repentance is a realization that what God wants from you and what you want from God are not going to be achieved by doing the same old things, thinking the same old thoughts. Repentance is a decision to follow Jesus Christ and become his pilgrim in the path of peace. So the next thing that I notice about Jesus is that he was obedient by being willing to learn. In verse 46, we read that as Mary and Joseph found their son Jesus, he was sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Well, I think that's a great example of how we learn. Although Jesus was God, he was also learning. And at the age of 13, Jewish boys would have taken responsibility themselves for keeping the Jewish law, tradition and ethics. And I wonder whether this was in Jesus' mind as he questioned and debated with the teachers. And we see in this passage that even as a child, Jesus spent time with those who were teaching. And it says in verse 52, Jesus grew in wisdom. His upbringing would have certainly given him an understanding of the scriptures and the stories would have been passed down to him. The rituals, laws and teaching would have been evident in the food that he ate, the festivals he celebrated, even the songs that he sang. In fact, I think that in that journey up to Jerusalem for the Passover festival, uh, the company would have been singing those songs of ascent from the Psalms. So we see that Jesus' commitment to learning about God's will through scripture helps him to be obedient. So then we see that as Jesus is led uh, and starts his ministry and led into the wilderness, it's the written word of God that he keeps close. In Luke 4, we see that it is through quoting that written word of God that keeps him being tempted to disobey. And later in Luke 4, we see that it's through using the written word of God that Jesus starts to shake up the thinking of the time in the synagogue. 
I know, I don't know about you, but certainly for me, reading the Bible can be confusing, can't it? It can be tough going at times. Read things and we think, what does that mean? What are you trying to say through that, Lord? I don't understand. But I think it's so important to get stuck in to reading the Bible, to ask questions, to argue about it, debate about it, talk about it with each other. But we know as well, it's not simply enough to just read the scripture. Because trying to be obedient to God just by reading the scripture can lead us desperately trying to follow a set of rules in the same way that the Pharisees tried to, they knew the scriptures, but then they converted them into all those man-made rules and regulations. We need the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures for us so that we hear what God is actually saying to us through what we're reading. And that leads me to the final thing that I feel we can learn about obedience from Jesus. Jesus was obedient by being led by the Holy Spirit. There's another sculpture from uh, yesterday. This one's called Flame. And I thought it was a, a great depiction, for me anyway, of the Holy Spirit. So here at the temple, back to our passage, at the age of 12, Jesus had already started his mission. Here we see him in training, sat amongst others, asking and answering questions, amazing people around him with his wisdom. Although this passage precedes the chapter where Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit, I would suggest that the Holy Spirit, present at his conception, present at his birth, was already at work in the child Jesus, leading him. We read in Luke chapter 3, verse 22, that as Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And later in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I think it's really interesting to see that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Jesus didn't walk into a tough place and then call on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit put Jesus into that place of testing. And it was after this 40 days in the wilderness that his ministry really, really started. I've been really struck both last week when Joanna spoke and also when Pete Gilbert spoke to us a few weeks back that the Holy Spirit is not there just for us to feel all warm and glowy inside. It is there to send us out for mission. And that is not always a comfortable place to be in. Obedience to God is not easy. We can be led into places and experiences that will push us to our absolute limits, as Jesus was in the wilderness. But I believe that for God, when we are at our weakest, things get really exciting. Because it's then that we need to totally rely on him. Of course, Jesus' obedience led him to the greatest sacrifice of all, his death on a cross. Jesus ultimately gave up his life in obedience to God. And so we come full circle. In the Garden of Eden, one man's disobedience led to our separation from God. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
Jesus' decision to be obedient to God led to our justification and our reconciliation with God. That amazing truth that we have been delivered from disobedience and now we must choose ourselves whether to be obedient. I just want to leave you with a few questions um, as I finish now. You might want to close your eyes just to help you concentrate. How is your relationship with Father God? Do you know him as your father? Have you surrendered every bit of your life to him? Which bits are you maybe holding back? How are you learning more about God's word? And what is the Holy Spirit prompting in you? Father God, I just want to thank you. Thank you for your perfect example of obedience. Thank you that ultimately you led a life of obedience so we can be free. Thank you that obedience to you leads us, leads us to a life of freedom, not of desperately trying to follow rules and regulations. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.